Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 36, and I am joined by returning guests Stephen McCarthy and Mark Weingast. And we're going to sit down and watch a really bad movie together, on purpose. So we're sitting down to watch The Room. Um, I'm Jeremy. I have not seen the film. My name is Mark. I've seen this about a dozen times. My name is Steve. I've not seen the film. However, I have read the book, The, the Disaster Artist, uh, Greg Sestero's book on the making of the film. So does that ruin some stuff for you? I guess I know a little bit about the movie, too. Like, I know all of the, the buzz quotes and the, I know Yeah, if you have stuff. a general idea of like all the sayings... I don't know the plot. I don't know anything like that. Good. <laughs> because in a way, like you do want to go into it as blind as possible because you're going to have so many... Both of you are going to have so many questions while watching this. And... I just won't answer anything. <laughs> I yeah. just well, won't. Yeah. The thing, the thing about Mark is Mark's seen this a million times. You have like everything that has come out about the movie. Yes, I have a DVD, the Blu-ray. I've seen it a bunch of times live. Yeah. Both are autographed, by the way, I should yes, say. Yes, I've met Tommy and Greg uh, about two or three times. I saw the Disaster Artist when it premiered at TIFF. I have uh, the Disaster Artist book signed by Greg and mostly everybody from the movie. I've got his audio book. I've got a little companion book about the room and the cult and like all these little He's interviews. got the bed sheets. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I've actually Tommy's, got Tommy White Soap's underwear. Face. He has an underwear line. Why? Oh, okay. I, I think you mean you had his actual underwear. <laughs> no, no. Not the actual underwear from the movie, but his underwear line. Like, okay. He's the Calvin Klein of bad movies. Well, it's interesting when this, because I've been following the, you know, the Disaster Artist, the movie that's coming out, and I've always kind of been tempted to watch this. Uh, and And... And then I realized suddenly this week that I'm like, oh my god, this is coming next week. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I haven't been able to decide the order I wanted to do it in. I was like, do I want to watch the movie and then go back and read the book and then watch the, the movie it's all based on and do it in that order? But I think I've decided to do it in the right chronicle order. Yeah. Which is yeah. watch yeah. the movie first, then read the behind the scenes, and then watch the movie. Also, I'm so glad to be watching this in a group, especially with someone who has seen it. because I, I Which is the way that, that I prefer yeah. that people watch it. The first time that I saw it, it, well, actually, my first involvement of how I found out about The Room was like through some sort of news report. I think it was like NBC Nightly News years and years and years ago. And then, like, I saw about it again in, like, an Entertainment Weekly article. One of my favorite online reviewers did, like, this hilarious review about it. And then my brother and I, we watched it alone. I downloaded it. We watched it alone. And we are like, what are we watching? What the hell is going on? We're like, wait, we're 28 minutes in? What the? F-? And then months later, it comes to the Royal, and Tommy and Greg are there. And they're like, do you want to go? Like, yes. So and, It was and, already a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, right? at that point. Yeah. And how did you come into you know, aware of it? I had no idea. I think I came, saw it on a poster maybe walking by the Royal. And, and I dimly kind of thought, oh, this, is, this, this must be something from ages ago. It looked like an acid trip type of movie. Like I was like, maybe this is some sort of cult movie that is from the 60s that I just never knew about. Or it almost seemed like a fake movie. Like I didn't know. And then it was only many years later that I found out that it was recent. That it had been made. 2006, you know, right? Yeah. 2003. 2003. Yeah, so I had I had no idea, and 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 it was only when uh, I was just recently working on a play, and my stage manager was reading The Disaster Artist, and I like she talked, she was raving about it, and uh, I I came across it at the bookstore, and I grabbed it, and I asked her, I said, should I have, do I do I need to understand the movie and what this is to read this book? And she said, she was like, no, actually, I think it's I think it actually lives on its own, and uh, and I found the book to be really be way beyond what I expected. I found Greg's analysis and just the depth of love that the movie or the, the book, um, just the depth of sympathy and empathy that, that they sort of, it's a love story really to, a, yeah, to it's friendship a, and to artistic desire. Like the, the, you know, the idea of making a world in art, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's really about what, <coughs> if anything, the movie and the book itself is about the American dream of trying to be famous and like, what is famous? How mm-hmm. do you be that? 
And if anything, Tommy's uh, Tommy Wiseau's tenacity has clearly manifested into this worldwide phenomenon that is potentially becoming an Oscar nominee. Well, it's almost yeah. what made American Movie work. You've seen that, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I own that, that one. I've not, but I've oh, heard about it. Yeah. I know about it. But I, I haven't seen it. It's similar to this in a way, right? It's almost mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's basically it's a documentary version of this, yeah. of the behind the scenes of this. Really, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's another version of the Disaster Artist. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, an, an, another movie that is actually created with so much empathy and, and, and honesty. I think that's why it, it, it created such a yeah like, had such an impact. And that's definitely one of those movies. I think people saw the documentary and then maybe sought out the movie itself. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I don't think anyone ever watched it in the other order. I remember wa- I watched it at TIFF, and I remember walking out to to run to go pee. You know, before the Q and A, and trying to run back because I was flabbergasted by the movie. It was one of those ones where I walked in and didn't know what I was going to see for any you know, and then ran into. His mom and the the and the kids selling T-shirts and and DVDs outside of the theater, and it was just like, oh my god, it, it is real. of their movie, of their movie, Bless yeah, yeah. Them. Oh, good for them, that yeah. I don't them. remember how, like, I think the room almost feels like for me something that just like naturally seeped into my subconscious, and then it was always there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember the first. I'm sure, I'm sure it was like I saw some kind of YouTube clip that was a compilation of all the terrible things in the room. Because yeah. mm-hmm. this movie or is something. insanely quotable. This movie is notorious, like Rocky Horror levels. But well, Rocky Horror is, in my opinion, a generally good movie. Oh, yeah. The cult status of the room is unlike any other. Because originally this is meant to be as a Tennessee Williams melodrama. He's very inspired by a streetcar named Desire. And, and then he... Like once the cult following started, he started marketing it. He embraced it. As, it. He embraced yeah. it. Started marketing it as a black comedy, but he just keeps going with it. There's an air of mystery behind him that everybody just enjoys, because in a way, Tommy puts out this positive energy about it. He uh, he has this quote. Uh, hold on, I'm just gonna pull out this this companion book that I brought along. Oh His gosh. quote about the room is... I'm slightly disturbed by you right now, Mark. <laughs> yeah, really? His mantra is, you can laugh, you can... Tr- you can Why are cr- some of these pages stuck together? <laughs> so Tommy's mantra is, you can laugh, you can cry, you can express yourself, but please don't hurt each other. Which is really just a great way of embracing the memeness that is the room. Is that his mantra for audiences watching the, r- yes. the movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I... The only other way, I'm, I'm so happy to watch it this way tonight. The only other way, I, but I also don't know if I would, I'd want to watch it the first time when you go to one of those midnight screenings and everyone, and everyone you can't knows hear everything. the dialogue. You mm-hmm. can't hear the dialogue. And that's the thing. You want to watch it. So you're kind of wondering, how does this actually get made? And uh, how did this get made? Paul Shear's podcast that he does is also has a great in-depth analysis about it. Because nice. I think he brings on Greg or he talks about Greg in it. And in The Disaster Artist, Paul Shear actually plays a character. Jason Manzoukas plays a character. Uh, I forget who the third host is. I haven't listened to it in a while. But, like, they all have a small role within yeah. the film mm-hmm. itself. But this is definitely the best way to watch it. Because I know that yeah. when, I post, when we posted about it this week to do, to do the screening... Everybody was like... So many people were like, ugh. So many people were excited and couldn't make it. And so but it was, there was or, a big, like... But there was, like, Ken Cooper's just like, you're going to fucking hate it. Have another movie ready because you're going to turn it on after, after five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. And to his credit, I'm sure if I was watching this alone, maybe I would. Yeah. But yeah. I think yeah. this will turn into... You weren't there for it, Steve. But we, when we did 1941 for the podcast... It was one of my favorite experiences watching the movie because we kind of did our own mystery science theater while watching it. Oh, right, right. Uh, just shitting on that. Yeah, and you could do wonderful that with disaster here. of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, there was a quote in the Now Magazine, Norm's, Norm Wilner's Now Magazine article. It says that the movie spread like a virus because people who watch it want to infect other people. <laughs> they, 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 they don't want to say, you which should is, watch this. They say, come over and watch this. Which is why like, the minute that you posted that up, I immediately loved that that little post, and then it's like, yes. Do you want to do it tonight? I can bring it over. Yeah, you are, you were ready <laughs> yes. to go right away. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Steve was like, no, 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 wait, I can't so make it tonight. I was really excited <laughs> to see it too because I just finished reading the book about a month ago. So yeah. I, I was, I was, but uh, I, I want to get back to something you said about before we started rolling. There's something interesting about the disaster artist uh, coming out, you know, this weekend. And it, I'm curious to see that later. And who knows? Maybe we can do it like an addendum later. Yeah. But, Greg's book is such um, an act of, of love and sort of a tribute to this unlikely friendship of these opposites. And also, you know, he, he peppers it. Each chapter is headed with um, either a quote from talented Mr. Ripley 
or Sunset Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard which are just yeah. thematically both so interesting to consider when we're talking about this book. But they each play their own little role within the book because yeah. Talented Miss Ripley plays a big part in the disaster artist of why Tommy wanted or like, wanted Greg to play, yeah, to play Mark. And Don't Tommy. say. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I guess that that won't ruin my watch. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. That that won't ruin the movie. Um, but it makes but, me question how, because the movie, like you say, it's even, you know, it's peppered with all these cameos. It's a real, you know, insider kind of... Yeah, it's like... I don't know how the movie fan film. could actually be anything other than... Um, a love letter like, to the room? Well, no, like I was going to say, I, I feel like the, I wonder if the movie can actually be in, in the, the way the book is, kind of tribute to Tommy's incredible energy, I wonder if the movie can be anything other than kind of mocking of the craziness of the... I don't want to spoil much, but yes, it can. Uh-huh. Good. Well, that's well, good to know. The trailer kind of tells me that. The trailer for The Disaster Artist kind of shows that there's some kind of affection that Franco has for I guess, Tommy. you know, I mean, the fact that he did it with his brother maybe means something, you know? The fact yeah. that they did that together. Like James Franco is a revelation in this film. He embodies Tommy to a T, and I really do want to see him get nominated for it as much as I... Did not like the film as much as I as I did. I need to go see it again just to like make sure my opinion is well sounded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I saw the premiere at TIFF. This is like the midnight audience. Everybody's in on the joke. Everybody loves the stars and how and like they all came to that. Mm-hmm. So I feel I was kind of blindsided by that. I just need to see it with a proper audience. I like last last night at Scotiabank. I saw online the box office numbers. It, it went. Gangbusters! It like sold out mostly every single screening. It made what? about thirty grand last night at Scotiabank. Oh, great! That's, that's just like amazing. one theater, five or six showings. And you think that's just from the energy of room people? I think so. Probably. I think so. Well, it's wow. a brilliant mark. Like, they were whether you know every other reason for making that movie, but also just going. This is a movie that has a cult following. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's an audience for the making. You know, a, mm-hmm. a biopic about this movie. And who be- and who better to tell the story than fans of the of the movie itself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's watch let's it. Let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. Uh, I think I found my new favorite movie, guys. <laughs> So what do you have to say to Ken? Oh. Fuck you, Ken! <laughs> and not only did I not want to stop after five minutes, after five minutes I knew I had to see how it ended, even though I'm pretty sure I knew how it ended already. <laughs> yeah, can only uh, end badly. Yeah! After five minutes that was only one sex scene. It had to go at least ten minutes in to get the two sex scenes. Which was the exact same sex <laughs> scenes. Literally the same footage. Yeah. Because the, the two shots they gave... Well, first of all, it's all just the exact same tracking behind that curtain. Not curtain, but that sheer... Waterfall. Cheap ass well, it was the, It was the outside the window water shot. And also that weird shot that's just like well, that on his ass. Inside. Well, yes, his ass cheeks just <laughs> clenching. And also like the rose petals that he just <laughs> drops on her. Yeah, there's, the, there's at least three shots oh he reuses God. in both sex scenes. But yeah, man, it's outside the window. There's actually a waterfall thing inside of the room. Oh, amazing! You see it on one Even of better. But you don't see it at the end of the movie, so you have to know like where did it go? Where is its placement in yeah. this area? Yeah, the geography doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The this the sheer length of every sex scene in this movie is just so indicative of that of him uh, as a human being, and it's just like. It's not like there's any story at all. It's basically a... It's, not it's a, a love triangle story. Test. It's a love triangle story where the woman... No, I'm not talking about, I'm not oh, talking about the okay. movie itself. The movie oh, has okay. a story. I'm talking about the sex scenes don't have a story. There's no purpose for them. Mm, no, Other than no. to go, let's just show this poor actress's nipple yeah. repeatedly for several minutes. Yes. Free the nipple. In <laughs> several different ways. Like there's no, I just mean there's no arc to it. It's yeah. just, for me, I'm like, it, it's I always, just there. It's there to... Sell the movie, or as, or, to or as Tommy movie. says, I need to sell this movie. I yeah, have to like show my mark. ass. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what sells the movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was his idea that that's an artistic movie, is when you see men's ass in a movie. Right, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, coming, coming straight out of the gate, the first thing you want to talk about is the sex. Yeah. Now, what about the movie in general? What are your reactions to it? Uh, I think well, I think your your definitive guide is something I was like shock awe. What was the fifth? Wonder, okay, hold on. So the five stages according to this book. Wonder, and understanding. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I'm kind of in the middle of I'm 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 
simultaneously experiencing all five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those. I don't know. It's just there's so. I mean, you can talk about and people have. I mean, at length. You can talk about this movie forever. Yeah. And I think still not even crack the surface of it. No. No. Uh, where do you begin? <laughs> where do you want to begin is the question. I don't even know. There's so much to talk about. Do you want to talk about like how this originally got made? Or like just the story behind No, because I can read all of that. And people have. I mean, let's just talk about our feelings and thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm more curious it, about... You know, strangely, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was no. going to be. Well, that's just it. I've yeah. seen far worse movies. Mm-hmm. No, because this is competently made. There is a crew behind it. It's professionals. Quote-unquote professional sound. Yes. Camera work. Lighting. There is story. Like, here's the thing. I don't... It is objectively a bad movie. It doesn't make sense. Plot. The acting is terrible. The camera work is terrible. The soundtrack choices. The the whole establishing shots of San Francisco, even though that basically none of this was filmed in San Francisco. Where was it filmed? It was filmed on a soundstage in L.A. Yeah, yeah. In the back in the back lot of Burns bought, and Sawyer, where they, where they bought, bought the, the equipment. Yeah, that entire rooftop scenes. No, I knew that was, was a green, green screen. screen uh, behind that area, the San Francisco stuff was picked up towards the end of the shoot after he shaved off after uh, Greg Sestero shaved off the beard. So the scenes in the park and Johnny walking around, that's the, and the um, and what? the and the coffee shop scene. Those are the only stuff. Oh, and the flower shop. Why did the flower he... shop? Those are the only things filmed in San Francisco. Why did it? Why, why did he want it to be San Francisco? I don't know. I really don't know. I I've got two theories on it. One is because it's where Greg. And Tommy originally met up mm. because Greg lived in San Francisco and they met in an acting class. Right. And two, San Francisco is seen as like this cultural and economic base. It's more of a place where you want to set your movie. Or yeah, because, you know, like all these movies set out in L.A., they all tend to be the same. Why not set in San Francisco? You got famous movies like Bullet. Sure. Or, uh, That's fair. Yeah. Um, and $6 million, right? Is the budget of this movie? Yes. Where did that get spent? That, it's just the, the, it's, it's essentially two or three locations. Well, he would show up. He wouldn't show up till halfway through the day, almost every single day. Yeah, he, he you'll be able to read about this in the book. But you also have to realize he bought his equipment. He bought the lights. He bought the camera. He bought the lenses. lenses. That's like in, in terms of filmmaking one one, you do not buy that stuff. No, no, no you, you rent, rent it. No, unless you you're gonna, you're a DP and you want to own your own camera. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait a minute. So he like the crew would be waiting around for him. Yes, and he um, just. On the first day of shooting, he did not show up until like six hours into the day, and nothing was done. Because Greg, well, in the book you'll read, Greg was there trying to wake Tommy up, and it's like this whole ah, process of how... What was the, how many days did they take to shoot it? I didn't say I have not read the book in a while, time. it went on for a long time. A long time. Okay, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to read. Oh, but... Don't, don't spoil anything in the book, I want, I want yeah. to read it for myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you probably have to spoil some of it, because... Okay, there, there's one scene that I will talk about. The the Chris R scene. The drug deal. Well, not really drug deal, but the drug... The, Whatever it is. Like, yeah, Chris he, R he and Danny on the roof. Drugs. Where's my money? That was a reshoot. <laughs> Originally, and Please this is, tell me the original scene is on the Blu-ray somewhere. Yes, it is. It's oh, on the DVD God. and the Blu-ray. Originally, they shot it in the alley where, they're, where, they're, where they, um, the meanderwear scene where Mike's telling Johnny the story about how he forgot his underwear. Oh, yeah. So the in that alley. scene, yes. So in the fake alley, Danny is playing basketball and he tries to challenge Chris R to, to a game of horse to, uh, to wait for the money. So they shot that scene for a couple of weeks and then later on... They shot it for a couple of weeks? Yes. Continue. Tommy then says, you know what, I want to do that scene on the rooftop because this is going to be like a huge action scene. And it is probably the most well-shot scene in the movie, or at least that kind of sequence. It's the most dynamic because you go around that little area where they come out of the door and you have that Michael Bay shot of of turning around from Danny to reveal Chris R's like, hi Danny, mm-hmm. where's my money? So at what point does the, the cast not give up on this guy? If they, they went on for paid. honor, they were getting paid. Yeah. They, and they're not good. So it's not like they're they're waiting for another job. Yeah. No, I don't think I so. I love how fair. at some point the film is like, who are these people? Where where did you come from? 
Especially with the guy at the end who was originally supposed to be, well, that was supposed to be Peter's role, but Peter couldn't come back because of scheduling, so they had to replace him with somebody oh, else. Oh, I wondered that. that. Yeah, that, sense. that was supposed to be Because Peter Peter's. disappeared after he fell yeah, in the yeah. tux. <laughs> exactly. He was like, yeah. So they were doing photos, wedding photos in the tuxes like a month, three weeks before the wedding? Yep. Nobody ever did. Okay. That's, yeah, that was, sure. that was confusing. Yeah. Now, what if I told you that this was originally a play? I would not be shocked at all. Because that's how this was originally written. Again, you'll be able to read this in the book. That's right. Well, that makes sense because the locations are so simple. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's, I mean, you mentioned earlier about uh, Tennessee Williams. That's, you know, when Greg first meets Tommy, that's what he's doing. He's doing a scene from Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. And that's what, uh, like, kind of the fact that he's not doing it in any way, shape, or form remotely, you know, remotely connected to good acting but it's still somehow strangely compelling is what draws him to him first is that he just doesn't give a fuck like you know that's what that's what's the fun dynamic between the two again it's the confidence and the tenacity that in a way just has progressed this film into the consciousness of pop culture American cinema well that's what it is like it's not that this film is bad because it's bad but like we've seen worse films Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. Uh, and those films just don't travel at all because they're just bad yeah. Um, you know, I watched the film, <clears throat> and I apologize if you listen to this and you're the person who made this film, but I, uh, I did some programming for Slamdance uh, last year, the year before, and watched a lot of really bad first films. And one was literally, um, this is the movie, it's called The Walk, or A Walk. Mm. Uh, a girl gets a phone call, she looks at her phone, the call display, decides not to pick up, she leaves her house, walks down the street... Turns around the corner, walks down another street, walks through town, walks out of town, through the country, gets to the beach, her phone rings again, and she decides to pick it up, cut to the credits. It's 90 minutes long. Wow. That's all it is, is just shots of her walking. She doesn't talk to anybody, there's no dialogue. Do you think she was Gus Van Sant or something? I don't know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, and it's not even like, it's, it's beautifully shot, like it's a Malick film, a Terrence Malick film. It's just bad. It's not nicely shot either? No. Oh, oh. It's, it's like a lot of it's like a static shot of someone just walking down a road for eight minutes. The worst sin that a film can do is to make it boring. If you feel bored, then the movie can be... That's what I mean. I'm never bored during this. Yeah. Except for the sex scenes. Yeah, maybe those, yeah. Because you're just like, really? You were tapping your foot I, to I, the beat. Yeah, it was, it was a good soundtrack. I, I tap yeah, my yeah. foot all the way through. I, I have like nervous tics when I watch whatever. But... It was just I, I was, was uncomfortable during them. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, 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 I just felt bad for the actress. Yeah, yeah. no. It, there's an interview in this guide um, where she talks about that she did have body image trouble, like when it first started gaining notor- notoriety. But but like lately, she's been able to accept it for what she is. She's actually gone to do blogging. She does gaming. She uh, she says that she's done a little bit of stand up. Uh, what's funny is that you could build a whole routine around the really? fact that well, I was probably, the girl from yeah. the room. Well, it's not just that the person who plays Michelle um, created this web series called "The Room Actors." Where are they now? It's kind of a mockumentary series about like the people who are in the room and what they're doing now. I think "Funny or Die" just premiered like the first episode because this was originally supposed to be a full length mockumentary. But then she decided, like, you know what, why don't we make it a web series? And it was there was a Kickstarter fund behind it. A lot of people really got into it. Mm. A lot of the people who were originally involved in the room, so the person who plays Claudette, person who plays Lisa, person who plays Denny, Peter, they're all in it. The mom. Yeah. See, like, to get back to why, the, 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 what's the magnetism behind this thing, though? Like, what, that's what seems to be the interesting question is, what is it about it that actually makes you still want to watch, even though it's so bad, even though you can't just dismiss it? It's, there's something about it, and I don't know what it is, that makes you go, you, like, you know, watch it. I mean, I just watched it with my hand over my face, kind of like... Yeah, I think what it is, especially while you're in the process of watching it, is that it's like... You just want to see what crazy, terrible thing is going to happen next. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a train wreck that could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Just like there's those, was, like the big scenes. The same place, yeah, four or five times. The big what the fuck scenes for me. There, there's at least three of them. I mean, the whole movie is kind of like a giant just, what the fuck, a giant what the fuck. But it's that that scene where he goes to the flower shop. <laughs> it's just like there's so much going on in that scene at one and within like ten seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. 
that it's like... There's about five lines in those four seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. he's your favorite customer, but she doesn't recognize him for right away, even though he's a very distinctive-looking <laughs> guy. He orders these roses, like, probably every day, and yet doesn't know how much they cost. And then that quick dog thing. And then, oh, it's just amazing. There's that. Uh, then there's the the fake alley football scene where that guy is telling the story and giving us information we already know. And and that guy's the probably the worst actor in the whole movie. Which one? The guy that the Mike. underwear story. Oh, the Mike. Yeah. And then he does yeah. the bit with the cake later on. Yeah. Like he's clearly remember who he is. Yeah. He's, he's just clearly it. yeah. He's just trying to mug everything. And clearly he thought he was hilarious. And probably some girl on the crew thought he was hilarious. And that's the genesis of his entire thing. He's terrible. He's so bad. Mm-hmm. And he's as bad as everyone is in this movie. He's in a totally different movie. <laughs> yes, that guy. Yes. He doesn't even... At least the rest of them have a sense of what movie they're in. Yeah. This is a gravitas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, He's in a different thing unto himself. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, yeah. He's in Saved by the Bell or something. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, you can tell exactly. by the frosted tips yeah, on his head. Exactly. Yeah. He, like, just, he doesn't look like he's in the right movie. Nothing about him is in the right movie. And then there's a scene with the mom. I mean, every scene with the mom is basically the same scene. I, yes. thought, the, I thought it was Twin Peaks. I, th- I thought those scenes were the most. Yeah, so she's like, you should love Johnny yes. even though you don't love him because he can take care of you. Trust me, I'm your mother. Yes. Trust me. But then I, there's that. Like, what's wrong? I don't love Johnny. Well, you should love Johnny. I don't want to. Well, yeah. too bad. You're going to love him. Okay, thanks, Mom. Bye. It's the same scene over and over again. It. Every single Except for the one where she randomly drops that she's got breast cancer. However, the daughter's like, yeah. well, people are getting cured every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. They're curing people every day. And then as quickly as that comes into the conversation, it's gone and never brought up again. And then later, the, the, the revelation of I never loved your father and women get you know have to do what they have to do and marriage has nothing to do with love and all these things. So. But I, here's the thing. I can see the parallels between uh, Tennessee Williams' streetcar and this movie. Because mm. really? it's very... Oh, absolutely. Just story-wise, it's very much about, like, Blanche Dubois, about, about a woman who just feels like she's scared. But also, keep in mind, it takes place in, what, the 30s or 40s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so you can justify the time period for Blanche's worldview. Yeah. Because it's that time when women, you know, kind of relied on men more to take care of them. So, but you can see how he's... If, if, if Tommy Rousseau was obsessed with Streetcar, and it was one of his favorite things, or... or Obsessed with Tennessee Williams, you can see how he's carried that over, mm-hmm. but not updated it to modern times. Yeah, right. The idea of this character who is still living very much a hundred years ago, right, and turn it into a tragedy about infidelity and the fickleness of women, kind of thing. And the idea, so you can, you can see the parallel between Streetcar Named Desire and this movie in terms of her character, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, although it doesn't, and the know, women conspiring to kind of like, yeah, and the conversations that Blanche and her sister have with each other yeah. are very similar to the conversations they have in this movie. You can see those parallels. The problem is though, Streetcar Named Desire takes place during a time period where those conversations make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. movie does not. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we never see Lisa go to work. We- no, well, she, she works does. in the computer yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. It's very competitive, apparently. <laughs> but she has a new client. Yeah, she has a meeting that day. Yeah, and he, Johnny works at a bank. Yes, yeah. he's a he's a banker. What bank hires that guy? Well, he yeah. had a two thousand dollar out. It's confidential. It's confidential. I can't talk about that. So if wait a minute. See, but let's talk about the timeline. He has a new client at the bank. But the timeline, whether it's five years or seven years, is is moot. <laughs> let's just agree to that. Yeah. So, his first job is he's working. What was he working at? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't say. He he, he just doesn't get the promotion. No, 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 no. no, no. He met. like comes into town. He didn't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. Two suitcases. He, oh no, he was a he was a busboy. At, he was uh, a busboy. Oh, busboy. So busboy right. in, in like the hotel. So let's establish the, the timeline here. Uh, the movie he's known her for either five or seven years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's say it's. Let's be generous and say it's seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this time, he's gone from being a busboy to getting to the point where he's able to afford some kid's tuition. <laughs> right? Let's talk about the kid later. <laughs> That's he's my favorite part. <laughs> kid's tuition. And clearly, like, they established Johnny as a guy with some money and some credibility. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of, like, made his way in the banking world. Within seven years, he's gone from being a busboy who couldn't cash an out-of-state check. <laughs> A two thousand dollar out of state check yeah. for who knows what that what, what that was, 
to like being some kind of guy who has some influence at a bank. So there's that. Let's talk about Denny. Mm-hmm. The first scene we have with him, he clearly wants to be in some kind of a three-way with he just wants to people watch. Watch. Yeah, yeah. with people that are like his mother and father figures. Yes, yeah. The, the, the fun yeah. thing at fan screenings, and like we'll go into this, is like all the different um, like Rocky Horror esque props that they do in terms of like yelling at the screen. You notice that the apple that Denny eats at the beginning. Mm. People was like, no, yeah. don't eat the apple because it represents infidelity. Mm. Oh, original right. sin. Right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. There's a stretch. Yeah. There's a stretch. Yes. <laughs> I love that there was a lemon in that fruit bowl. Yeah. It's like who's just gonna grab the lemon and just chow the fuck down in the middle of the living room? <laughs> well, all, later on, all the fruit is revealed to be plastic. Plastic. Oh god. How did oh, during his. During I have a theory that Denny doesn't actually exist. Oh. He's, he's, he's just he's just a phantom throughout the place. Oh, the, the, <laughs> continue, go on. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, 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 I want to hear this theory. That's that's just my... Well, because for a little while, it was kind of like he would just linger for the longest time, and usually only Lisa would see him or interact I, with him. I love the one way. scene. But there's yeah. a scene... The drug dealer scene ruins that theory, though. That's true. Well, what is <laughs> oh, the No, no, no. How about this? Do? Later on in the movie, where Denny comes in and he looks through the window, and there's specifically a shot of how the camera just focuses on Denny. Looking, looking out through, the window. Yeah, it's like... Oh my god, Chris R is out again. But they just so they but they walk out like they take Chris R, the drug dealer, out of the scene. Yes. I assume he confiscates his gun and that's the gun he kills himself with later on. Yes. Oh but but they took care of him? Like what he's just gone? Like they 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 incarcerated him. They went to prison. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. They took him to the police station and they came back within three minutes. But with what like that guy's going to jail on what? He didn't even get a (laughs) statement from Denny. Yeah, we, anyway. bring, we bring in this person. He tried to kill my son. Oh, yeah. sure. We'll yeah, take him yeah. to jail. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> but uh, what is that scene supposed to do? I mean, like, I get... Oh, what is supposed to establish that Denny does drugs? That or he sells the drugs. I don't know. So but that, that never comes back. No, no, it never does. Not like any other plot line in this... And movie. I don't believe for a second that Denny the character or the actor who plays him has even seen a drug. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of the people in this movie have done any of the things their characters do, including drinking alcohol, having sex, yes. breaking things in a room, Room. Yes, very like he's trying sex. to do this citizen singing happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, singing happy birthday. That's <laughs> gonna be one he, of the like best. he's trying to do this citizen Play. Kane destruction room mm-hmm. scene, but it's like it's the laziest. He just like kind of half-ass topples things over. He throws a television out the window, which is my favorite thing that he does. Right, I love television doesn't weigh anything. Apparently, he just picks it up. Yeah, it's very uh, doesn't even need to unplug it for the wall. The cord is dangling. But you can see. It. I mean, there's something. Enigmatic about him. Mm-hmm. I think you can agree yes. that he's a fascinating person because he, who knows what the hell his accent is. His body is just bizarre in that he's kind of awkward looking, but he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, with his luscious, Pecs. strangely like <laughs> dyed black hair. But it looks like he's got scars on him too. Like mm-hmm. just he's yeah, fascinating. He looks like Rambo. Yeah. yeah, he looks like Rambo. He's been through he looks like. Sylvester Stallone and James Franco had a love child. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's just, he's, his accent is inexplicable. You just never know. Like, he gives the most bizarre line readings. Like, you never know when he's going to have that little off the cuff laugh that he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I perfected that over Vinny. <laughs> it's so. Bi- so that's you, what's that? I mean, that, that, that moment where he's doing the destruction at the end. That's kind of like a really good example because you'd think if he was going to sort of go, you know, reach the peak for his Tennessee Williams style tirade at the end before killing himself, it would be, it would be, he would just go for it. Yeah. But he kind of does it in this kind of, kind of like, Ah. kind of soft way that's kind of uncomfortable and it just makes you kind of. If the, if the Hulk was angry that he stubbed his toe, that's how he would react. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like half, it's, I don't know, it's, 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 there's a fear in him of exposing himself all the time, so it's kind of neither here nor there, it's, it's between things, so, well, you know, I mean, me speaking as someone who works with actors all the time and works with acting schools, I, I look at that, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing because he's, he's just, he's, like, the line in the needle is kind of like, 
so erratically going up and down, he kind of puts out half the energy, but like at maximum intensity, and then withdraws it right afterwards and kind of apologizes for it. You know, like yeah. I'm just like yeah, no, it, like if anything, it's like human nature, and in a way, it's what draws me to why this is totally off tangent. Why I love Nicolas Cage so much, <laughs> any role that he does, because he acts so natural to how any person put in that exact situation would probably react. Like, if you were really upset and were really angry and wanted to throw a discre- like, destroy a room, would you not, like, just find anything that you could and just smash it and, like, really... Sorry, yeah, I just, yeah, like, smashed okay. her knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just really get upset. I'm, I'm struggling to see your point. <laughs> How are you struggling to see my point? <laughs> Tommy is acting like anybody would in their situation. Like... His whole life, ah! is, he, his life his life is falling apart. How can you not sympathize with him? Yeah, but he 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 instead of like grabbing the glass and throwing it, it's he kind of like kind of like nudges it until it falls <laughs> off the table of its own accord. Like there's this weird half. He goes like, in the mantle and he just shoves the, everything off. Yeah, he just sort of shoves. It's like it's more like okay, I have to get these things off here because I, I wrote it. And he doesn't remember what the intention was. He's just like, I gotta push these things out of the way. Yeah, oh, there's some candles there. Let me just touch them with a finger, and they fall over. There's just it's something. Well, and that's just and that's the whole movie. Like none of the actors have any intentions, mm-hmm. no. any, any of their decisions. They're not making any choices at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. especially the 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 character of Lisa. You know, it's just she's in it though. She's in it. She's in she's it. Trying yeah. so hard. But, yeah. I mean. I can't. I, I don't know what the chronology was they shot this movie in, obviously. But like the the scene after, you know, you get your three scenes in a row. You got the first scene with her. She comes home. She seems to be into Johnny. They have that really romantic ish sex scene. Yep. And the next scene is with her mom. And it's like I hate Johnny. It's like wait, where did that come from? Again, right. think of it as a play. How would it play out? You no, got, but no, but get... still, but there's no like subtext at all to the scene before where you would get some kind of hint that she's not into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the scene right after, she decides to get drunk with Johnny, and it's like, again, it's like she seemed, everything seems fine. Yep. You know? And it just seems that there's no continuity, or there's no, it's just, it just, to me, I, I watched that, and I'm like, that was shot out of order, the actor didn't know what they were doing. They were not directed in any sense, or had done any preparation, or made any decisions. Only just committed to whatever was being said in that scene. And yeah. didn't think about you know, they could there's no arc to it yeah, yeah, if, they, yeah. if they had asked that to yeah. Johnny to Tommy it would you know been yeah you love awesome. me now yeah, it's yeah. like and I guess you could argue that it's like for him it's like well I want she's conflicted it's like no she's not she's I mean there someone later on I think Greg says that he's like she's a psychopath it's like yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly the way you've you've yeah. created this character yeah of this you're it just makes you. And it's also just such a like an indication of however Tommy sees women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and that's the thing I wanted to bring up in terms of how basically uh, Tommy sees himself or projects Johnny as like this all-American rags to riches. Everybody loves him because he provides for everybody. He wants to make sure everybody is right or like every everything is good mm-hmm. because he because he gets thanked by um, Danny for paying his tuition. Um, like after. Mike stumbles in that fake alley scene. It's like, Mike, you can call me if you need anything, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it's obviously such a weird... Like, it's like... You know when you're... You know when you're like eight and you start to think about death or something like that, or six or whatever, and you start to imagine what would happen if, and you know, if, you're, if your parents ground you, and you just imagine all the scenarios where someone would cry if you died. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it feels so obviously... Like, like the whole movie is made by an eight-year-old. Well, no, but to create, yeah, well, to to create that sensation of you'll be sorry when I'm gone, kind of thing, because of all the good things that I do, and and you can't trust me. It feels like a like a like a like a like a like a Rorschach ink blot a little bit, like of like, okay, this is me, this is my feelings of loss, and I'm just gonna. The movie's about that. Yeah, it's about the movie's about how. How badly I've been treated by everyone in my life, but yeah, and, and in the movies, not in the movie's defense, but in like the the cult that's grown out of the movie, and you know the movie that spawned the movie, I can see why. I can see watching this and going, "What the fuck was he thinking? 
like, where did this come from? And just wanting to know more of the backstory mm-hmm. of the movie itself mm-hmm. and who makes that kind of thing. Because there's something about that. Well, you can see, like, he's definitely, like, he, this guy's fucked up in some way that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie doesn't, he doesn't know how to channel that into something coherent. Uh, but there's something going on inside of him that's interesting and fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can see why this movie's become this cult classic. Uh, I I would probably only rewatch this film in one of those live screening events where you get to see just all the different stuff going on. Because I'd be yeah, curious. Yeah. So next month when the Carlton does it, you want me to take you? Do they yes. do it once a month? Still? Yes, they do it towards the end of every month. Mm. Well, I won't be. Able to, I'll be out of town. But what? yeah, or or next time when you're available, I will take you to a cult screening. Okay. And you will get to experience. I feel like Stephen. How did the? I think I have to come too. I think yeah, we have to, we exactly. have to do a reunion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This. yeah. What is the audience participation like? How did the audience participate? Well, a lot well? of it, it takes elements from Rocky Horror in terms of yelling at the screen. Yeah. The one thing that I, that I was. How just, many people still turn up to this thing? A lot. Like the, the this past what was it? Past weekend or yeah, like last week, Carlton sold out. But that's because it's gearing up for the movie. Well, right. gearing up for the movie, but this happens every month. Like originally, the Royal did in Toronto, and then it moved to the Carlton. And the Carlton sells out every single time. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, there's one screening going on December 14th at the Princess Cinema in Waterloo. Greg's going to be there. Wow. Uh, for, I might be I can't go. I'm, I'm, see, I'm seeing uh, Star Wars that night. Oh. <laughs> you know right. what? You go buy your ticket. No, not the 14th. It's the Thursday. I'll be in town still. But I'm going oh. to... We have a farmhouse in Kitchener. Oh, yeah. And we're going there that weekend. But I will not be there on the 14th. Ah. Does Greg speak at the events? Yeah. Wow. Like, Greg, like, you've read the book. Mm-hmm. Like, he He's just accepted his life. Like, he's going to be known forever as this. Yeah. Does like, he just make a living off of, like... Well, Tommy does in a way, other than, you know, just promoting himself and also his underwear line, his... He's got, like... He's what set, kind of underwear is it? Is it... <laughs> I'd rather not go into it. <laughs> no, no, you own a pair. I need to know. Is it a thong? Is it yeah. No, 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 no. It's like this. It's like these weird boxer briefs that the band is very tight, but the but the, but the holes are very loose. There's like an inside pocket, like a little. There's little a pocket sleeve. holder. There's an, like like an inside little holder, a little tiny sleeve that you can maybe put a nine volt battery in. I don't know why. Or a condom. Probably. I don't know. I so have. There's a difference between our sex lives. Exactly. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I haven't put anything yeah. in there. But you. I thought you, you meant like for like your mind balls or something. Like Lodge like, quickly uh, went to a nine volt battery. I'm just yeah. thinking about like the size of it. It's like this or tiny little socket. There's a lot of sexual things you can put in there, Mark, that aren't nine volt batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but going back to Greg, but yeah, they're like, warmer. <laughs> their own warm-up. But no, Greg... But I like the extra tight band with loose <laughs> holes. <laughs> no, not like loose holes. And band, but like where you put your legs in. It's but just... before we move on from this... Yes. Gonna, what are they called? Like For those at home that want to order some Tommy underwear. I don't they know. Can't be it, Tommy. Literally, it literally just says Tommy Wiseau on the band. Oh my god, like Tommy Hilfiger. I was going to say. Yeah. Wow. I, and I, I, I like to believe that Tommy Wiseau had no idea that he was copying Tommy yeah, anyway, sure. continue. You were talking about Greg. Okay, so Greg, uh, he's also a model. He's he's. Uh, oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. he is not one just the best actor. He's also probably the best looking out of everybody in there. Oh, show. I think Phil's the best actor in the movie. The psychiatrist, or is it Peter? Oh, Peter, 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 played by Kyle Vaught. I love that you know the cast names. Yes. Yeah. Well, when you see this over a dozen times, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's accepted that <coughs> that this is basically what he's going to be known for. Um, I don't want to spoil anything in the book, but in terms of any other acting thing that he's done before or after The Room. But he's done porn. No. Oh. No, he hasn't. Surprisingly. That's next. Yeah. Yes. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. Um, well, uh, this movie might count. So going back from that <laughs> tangent all the way back to, to cult screenings. So a lot of it is... Um, yelling at the screen, the one thing I was trying to keep my mouth shut throughout the screening is that there is a picture of a spoon in a frame that is on the table by the phone and at one of the screens, one of the early screenings, somebody just yelled at spoon and every time it appeared, people would throw plastic spoons at the screen. Right, yes. So every time that happens, 
you throw it. How many props are involved in these screenings? Uh, okay, let's see. You need a football, I know that. You need a football, people throw spoons, people use lighters during the sex scenes, or they go to the bathroom, or they clap off beat. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, when they go to the bathroom, that's, the, when that's ev- their break. One of, one of the things that I've done is whenever there's a reestablishing shot of San Francisco, I yell out, meanwhile, back in San Francisco, and then it goes back. There's a, there's is that something sh- you're, you're trying to add to it? Yes. And people, how, how does that go over, Mark? Oh, it went over very well. Uh, I prefer the, the Full House song. Yeah, yeah no, and yeah. people do that too. Like the whole everywhere you look, whenever there's a shot of just specifically uh, the house. Hold on, let's see. Um, Ways to join in. Calling focus if the film goes out of focus. There's, yeah, oh wow. There's, there's, there's that one shot we all reacted to. It was just like, for a one second. It's a cutaway. It's never in focus. Yeah, it was just, yeah. And for and what kills me about that is this movie that took forever to shoot and they shot some sequences for weeks. How do you have shots that are out of focus in it? Like, how is that possible? I don't People, know. I think it was like a war of attrition. I think oh, like, oh, and here's the best shot. It's not only shot on digital. It's also shot on film. They shot on like a simultaneous rig. <laughs> they shot both at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because he wanted to. Because it had never been done. It never been done. He wanted to be the first. <laughs> he was a trailblazer. <laughs> yeah. But he finished it in film. I honestly, yeah. I, yeah. I can't tell. Honestly, I can't tell. I, yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean... There are some sequences on that roof that I look at, and I, it looks like the whole thing's in CGI. I'm like, yeah, I don't even you can know tell like it's lit awful because there's green on their face still. It's so strange looking, like it, 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 yeah. well, just the way the camera moves and the background plate moves. Yes, it's oh. like clearly these don't match. They're not bad. It's pretty impressive. No, no, no. Whoever had to do the plate and try to make a match, somebody had to edit this, and I that poor soul. Oh, wow. I'd love to know... How much footage they watched. I mean, but also, if it was someone like... I wonder what the editor thinks about the movie. If it was it was one of those... Because maybe they were as bad as Tommy, and they're like, no, this thing's great. And no, they, I think they, that he hired people who knew what they were doing, mostly. Like, you know? Wow. That already paid them enough money just to get it out the door. So, other things that people do during these screenings. So, the tracking shot of the Golden Gate Bridge, people go, 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 But go, before go, that, so go. just going back to the editing, sorry, but it's sorry. like, you gotta, th- I wonder, like, was there test screenings for this movie? Did they have a focus group? Did they, friends and family? Like, how does, <laughs> I don't think, he didn't seem like the type of person who no. reacted well to any kind of feedback. But that's what I, oh, I yeah. would have loved to have been in the room in an early cut of this film to see the stuff that they got rid of. So, like, yeah. this is what they kept. Right. Like, what was... St- <laughs> What was gone? Yeah. What was missing? What did Tommy watching go, no, this does not end up in my movie. It's not good enough for the room. So, Which is what? That's just the apartment? Why not call it the apartment? Yeah, that's taken. But, but, yeah, we watched that last time. <laughs> the, the, the fun thing is, uh, from, according to Patient Zero, uh, who, who watched the film in Los Angeles, um, he saw the trailer for the room in front of this art house documentary, and he's like, "Is this just like a parody of all these melodramas? I gotta see what this film is like." And apparently, the ticket window for the theater is like no refunds after twenty minutes. <laughs> and it had like a review on top of it saying like watching this movie is like being stabbed in the head repeatedly. So we watched it, and he called his friend in the middle of the screen. He's like, "You have to come see this film. I, like the next screen that's happening right now, you need to come see this." No, and so we, so things, right? yeah. yeah, and they just kept bringing more and more people to this. And then like after two weeks, once the um, once the film was out of theaters, Tommy for some reason. Uh, like was just holding private screenings and these same people would show up and they would do all the same cult stuff that people would do nowadays. And I don't know for what reason that like Tommy would book out business centers or something along the lines of that. And the same people would just show up and just keep doing it. So, so, so then, so then from there, Tommy starts booking out these monthly screenings for free and then like after a couple months start charging people to come see the film and like he goes to these screens he attends it he does Q&A's he throws footballs he does signings of course he what? always avoids the questions about where does he come from is he D.B. Cooper that's a theory people have if he's D.B. Cooper because nobody really knows where he comes Who's from D.B. Cooper 
Uh, he's a guy that like hijacked a plane and then disappeared for years, and nobody knows what happened to him. Like he, he hijacked a plane, stole I don't know how much amount of money, and then just disappeared. Does he look like Tommy? Is that why they think it's him? People say that they do, and I don't see it. Amazing. Yeah. Fascinating. Like, like Tommy says that he does come from New Orleans, and nobody believes that for a minute. Isn't that like an Anne Rice illusion? Doesn't he sort of like see that he's sort of a vampire? He actually something? revealed it on on um, Jimmy Kimmel when he was on with Franco, or like Franco brought Tommy on that he did admit that he is from Poland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, mm-hmm. fascinating. I can see why you're. you're but there is still like an air of mystery behind the man, and that's what people also find so alluring. Great. I don't want to know too much though either. Yeah. No, I'm it, sure it's it, not going to be nearly as fascinating as what's in my head. Exactly, because yeah, yeah. once the illusion's gone, like there's nothing to wonder about. You want to keep yeah, people don't, guessing. Don't show me how the trick is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where, where did where did the six million dollar figure come from? Is that like is that a real figure that people know about, or is that just, that is a figure people know? I but you can but where does he get the money from? Well, that's the that thing. you'll have to read in the book. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. want to spoil it for you. Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah. I want to know because I, I think it's I, here's the thing. I, I think we can understand that it's like. You can easily waste $6 million in a movie if you don't know how to spend money on a movie. Yeah, right. Like, if you're buying all the equipment. Yes. And probably everyone got Making paid properly. Sets. Yeah. Probably everyone got paid properly. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. I'm sure a lot of people made oh, it. Oh, wait till you read the book. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, I'm going to read it this week. I'm going to try to burn through it. And it's read it, super, really enjoyable. And read it before I watch yeah. the, the, the the disaster artist movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better written than you than I would have ever imagined. Just in terms of even just the the details and the the, the actual yeah. like the turns of phrase. Uh, and even way. though that there is a co-author on this, uh, he's gone on record saying how Greg has an, an amazing memory of just everything that happened. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Any so any other final thoughts? How much fun did you have watching this? I, I did have a lot of fun. I did have a lot of fun. I, but I, like I, I have to say, I, I, I was prepared for more of a train wreck, but it was a train wreck in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah, same. Like, just things happen. Feeling like I read something in Norm Muller's article. They were saying the actors doing the recreations for the, for the disaster artist just had such a hard time doing the things that were You had to intentionally light that. You had to intentionally act... Like that, it was yeah. like they couldn't force their muscles to 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 do work in that things. rhythm or do that kind of cadence or do the thing. They're just like it's just so against every instinct that they had. Yeah, all I could think about was like the days that Franco had to do the big iconic moments. Right. But yeah. how stressful that must have been to like try to nail that part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which was would have been for Tommy would have been such a throwaway thing, but to like have to get into that, I don't know how, to drop into the, like that guy. Is phenomenal. Well, there's, there's, there's. You'll read the book again. There's the one line in particular that they spent. Oh, the high mark. That one. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the first teaser trailer for the. Oh, movie. was it? Okay. The movie yeah, was was yeah. him yeah. doing it like forty times. Yeah, or something. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Like I did not hit. Or I did not. I did not. Yes. Oh, high mark. <laughs> yes. You Just would not believe. Going. How many people have now said "Oh, hi, Mark!" to me every single time? <laughs> my cousins are the worst. They always, oh, hi, always, whenever at a family function, they they say, "Oh, hi, Mark!" It, it, it's just nonstop. But you know what? You I embrace it. it. I love it. I honestly love it. Uh, you know, I have to say also, I think I was disappointed that there wasn't a, a something after he was dead. Like, I, I, I kind of like thought... Like his ghost rising like, well, well, you know, oh, like, as a kid, oh, Andy, there like, is the, something, you know, I must funeral. tell you. There is, there is a Newgrounds game. It's a Flash animation game that is based on the room. And it's just like, well, not really from the point of view from Tommy, but you are Tommy. And it's basically just going through all the motions of the movie. And it fills in some of the plot holes. But there is, but there is something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but it's so much, it's so much more, it's so much fun to play. I don't think what you play. I just... Yeah, there was wasn't something after. Yeah, I think it's the same as you, too. I think I think it's like, I think I I was expecting something different mm-hmm. than what it was, but yeah, I guess I didn't. Even though it makes sense, I don't think I was expecting it to all be so insular to the apartment complex. Yeah, yeah. But then of course it would be. I didn't expect so much of like like a Guns N' Roses video, you know, like November <laughs> Rain. Kind of. I didn't expect so many panning shots across no. muslin. Uh-huh. You know, with sex happening in the background and candles and roses being 
I mean, the candles, wow. yeah. it's the amazing. music, the sexy dress. I wonder what, like, Tommy's influences are. <laughs> I think James Dean. I think they're 80s. Tennessee Disney Williams. Videos. Yeah. A lot of 80s. A lot of yeah, 80s. A lot of yeah. 80s. Yeah. yeah his, his wardrobe and hair gives a lot of it away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His choices in The wardrobe uh, for the whole thing. Really. Everybody, yeah, his tank top. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got he's got out. the physique and charisma of a mixture of Steven Seagal, Jean Claude Van Damme, and um, <laughs> late late two thousands Axl Rose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the Scotchka. Is that what it is? Yeah, that Scotchka. Drink? That's what people have dubbed it. <laughs> that drink that's clearly five shots of whatever of vodka and scotch together. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Or what yeah. else is that? Really, what is it supposed to be? It's like. It's just, that's what people have like, dubbed it. People apple assume juice? like people assume it's just scotch, and then they put in vodka. But what was the it choice? It could have been apple juice. We don't know. You Wait. made that up. No, yeah. no, I haven't made like, it up. A lot of people think it's scotch. But, the, but, but what I made that up. Why wouldn't you show the drink being made if you're going to have the drink being made? Why would only the vodka? Why be does the pizza that Lisa order, which is like half Canadian bacon, half pineapple? Half artichoke with pesto light on the cheese, not appear like that on the actual film. Why you, do I know that pizza order? You had that order way too. What is Canadian damn. bacon? Back bacon. Back bacon is something you put on pizza. Who puts back bacon on pizza? You can, but it's that's what Canadian. Tommy Wiseau wrote that in the script, so apparently he does. <laughs> yeah. Who puts so, artichoke on it's pizza? It's thicker bacon. So it's like thick cut bacon. It's Canadian but, bacon. But, yeah. Yeah, but I've never heard of that in the states to order that on pizza. So, Mark, how many times have you ordered that pizza yourself? Um, I can't eat bacon. I'm kosher. Uh, Oh, yes. I'm sorry. There must be a vegan bacon by now. Yeah, there is. is. It's called bacon. But have you ordered the pizza without the bacon? No. This specific pizza? I think you ordered it without. Okay, I'm not a pineapple on pizza person. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, yeah. So would you go see this as uh, for a cult screening? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Would you see? Would you show this to other people? I don't think I would feel the need to sit down and like watch it here with other people again. <laughs> I think I would. I would go with at least once to to a cult screening. That was. I want it to be well attended to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think otherwise I'd probably go no. I'm I home. think yeah. You know what? I think like you, I almost feel like I wish I could go back in time and see it at a theater before there was. Before it became too mainstream. Like, I, I, like I feel like it would be cool to, to to listen and watch this and hear reactions yeah. like a real audience experiencing this for the first time. So go, go to Waterloo, December 14th. Yeah. No, yeah. but I think Steve's talking about, no, I'm about, ta- I'm talking about oh, the hype. Oh, oh, before the hype. Like, I'm talking about seeing it with people for the first like, time. Like, you know, just, there, there's a different reaction when you're with like 50 or yeah. 60 or 100 But like that, that's the trouble when you're when you experience it for the first time with... Uh, with a cult screening because you won't be able to hear the dialogue yeah, or know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. If you're but there's just, also just the, I mean, there's a different thing. I you, we walked into this knowing this was going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. your your guard is already down and so lowered. Yes. Yeah. That it can't possibly live up to whatever expectations you put in your head. Yeah. You're, the doors are open to like, okay, take me wherever this is going. Like. Yeah. And also, it's like I don't want to feel like I'm kicking a retarded puppy. Like it's mm-hmm. just. It's kind of like you just have certain expectations, and I, I, I don't know. If someone were to ask me, like, did it live up to it or exceed it? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning. You're going to be like, I feel like I need to watch it again. Well, for me, Tommy. Soon. No, I don't, I don't yeah. think we're different people in that regard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I would show this to anybody. Um, but for me, because I'd read the book Disaster Artist first, I had my own Greg and my had my own Tommy. Like I had my own version of oh, his accent. Like I never, I had never seen a clip. Oh, that is I had never seen anything. I had never seen. I'd never heard his accent. So in a weird way, it's also for me like watching something that it's an adaptation of a book that I just loved. Oh, uh, where I'm like a little let down by, by by kind of the difference between yeah. what I imagined. No, that, that's interesting. I didn't consider it from that perspective because you're going into it reading the book. Jeremy's going into it not really hearing or reading anything other than Disaster Artist reviews. Yeah. And I've seen the show of Disaster Artist and all that kind of stuff. And I've yeah. seen some YouTube clips of compilation yeah. things. Mm-hmm. That's going in basically as blind as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Without really knowing that much about it. All right. Well, I, I look forward to digging a little further down this rabbit hole myself. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed. I can't wait to read the book and see the the making of... Or making of is a weird way to... It's a, it's a proper 
narrative fiction. Yeah, you're gonna have to do an extra after you read the book. You're gonna have to like to, like add on a little kind of <laughs> a short extra. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna rush this episode out and get it out for yeah. this week, mm-hmm. so it's out before the yeah. movie. <laughs> Maybe you know the book is a short read. You'll be able to. It oh, is. You could blast it. through yeah. in the weekend. Yeah. 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 Oh well. All yeah. right. Well, thanks, guys. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So much so, fun. I'm glad I didn't have to do that alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for The Room. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter, at Lalon Jeremy, and on Facebook, check out Black Hole Films. And also leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.